1: Hey guys, and welcome to another Ask Zach. Today, we are going to go on a bender. Well, sorry for the bad pun, but yes, we're gonna talk about b-benders today. I love b-benders. First time I saw uh, a b-bender or learned about a b-bender was watching an Albert Lee Starlix video and he had a uh, Phil Kabicki telly with a Dave Evans pull string on it. And uh, I was hooked. And, uh, from there I bought Ricky Skaggs, uh, live from London album. And on the cover, he had this incredible looking purple, you know, telecaster with binding on it and with full, incredibly flamed maple neck. And, uh, it was actually a glazer made telly with a glazer B bender. And of course there was B bender work all over that album. And I went, you know, bender crazy and just had to have one. And finally, I uh, I saved up my money and I had purchased a James Burton Telecaster, the one that was the black and gold paisley with the three lace sensor pickups. And I sent it to Joe Glazer and had a bender put on it. And, uh, and that was kind of the beginning. That was when the sickness really took hold. Uh, let's do a little bit of history though, uh, where the B bender kind of comes from. I think there's kind of a a couple of you know kind of gaps in the, in most people's history of B benders. First off, it doesn't start with Clarence and Gene, uh, you know, with the Parsons White you know B bender. There were earlier benders. Um, they might not have been as sophisticated, but uh, probably the crudest would have been uh, Carl Perkins on his Epiphone switchmaster type guitar. He had a lever on the headstock, and he was able to pull up the B-string a whole step. But of course, you were limited by having to be, you know, uh, your hand had to be, you near know, the headstock to utilize it. Probably the uh, very ingenious mechanism that a lot of people aren't aware of, and yet were used by a couple of major players in Nashville, and that's a bender mechanism made by Dean Porter. So Dean... Uh, was a Nashville guy and he was a tinkerer and he convinced uh, two of the top 18 session guys in Nashville to let him modify their 335 type guitars. So both the guitars uh, had Bigsby's on them and one was owned by Jerry Kennedy and the other one was owned by Grady Martin. I mean those were like you know besides Hank Garland I mean those were two of the biggest guys in Nashville at that point. And so Jerry Kinney had a 61-335 and, uh, and Grady had a, a red 355. And Dean installed a bender that mounted on the tunematic bridge and had a little lever. And, uh, and so that's how you could operate the B bender. And then it also had a mechanism that came around and you would push down on your arm on it and that dropped the high e string down a whole step so uh and that was in the early 60s so this is again pre clarence and gene if you want to learn more about the the jerry kennedy guitar you can watch my true tone lounge interview with his son gordon kennedy and of course gordon kennedy is a huge uh, guitar player and songwriter and, and great guy and he kind of goes in depth and actually has the guitar in the video and plays it. And you can see the the different mechanisms. So, uh, of course next you get to Clarence White and you get the whole story about him, you know, wanting to do some kind of harmonic chime lick and wishing he had a third hand. And uh, Gene takes some stew guitar parts and some parts from a hardware store and, uh, and makes this bender. Well, the original Clarence White Bender and what becomes known later as the Parsons White Bender, they're very different in construction. First off, the original Clarence White guitar has an actual steel guitar finger. You know, so the string kind of comes across it like this and if this is the top of the guitar, it kind of moves like this and that's how it bends the string. So now the 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 later parsons white if this is the top of the guitar it's a hub like this and it turns like this okay so that's because the you know the original B bender was a steel guitar finger and just like you know what you'd see on a pedal steel guitar also you had the mechanism was a lot of it was outside of the guitar which necessitated a uh, a shell that was. You know, on the back of the guitar, which made the Telecaster look a lot thicker. It looked almost like the thickness of an acoustic guitar. So of course you have the first one is Clarence's. Then another great player and friend of Clarence White's, uh, Bob Warford, he uh, wanted to have a bender, and so Clarence let him borrow the guitar and he and his father uh, got the parts and figured it out and copied it. So then you have two players so then you have clarence and bob warford and bob warford uh, played with the everly brothers and he played with uh, linda ronstadt the song willin off heart like a wheel that's probably the greatest example and, and easiest to find example of bob warford's uh, bender work he was usually uh, he usually used a, a fairly overdriven sound and uh, he would hit harmonics and uh, and then use the bender on it as a, great player and he had his own thing i mean he kind of played in the clearance mode but you always knew it was bob warford great player you need to check him out okay so this is where so you have the the dean porter you know b bender thing on the 335 type guitars it's kind of like a missing thing from the equation another missing thing from the equation and this is even bigger deal is dave evans So Dave Evans saw the demand for B-benders because Clarence White and Bob Warford were playing in bands and people wanted them. And so he developed a bender with Gene Parsons' permission. He developed a bender that was inside the body. And so this is where you start getting where that big kind of L-shaped route on the back of the guitar and with the big plate. And you get the hub, you know, that uh, instead of doing doing like this on top of the guitar you get where it's doing like this on top of the guitar and uh, the hub on the on the dave evans was was rectangular and it said pull string on it and his bender uh, was adjustable for for throw so you could have it as short medium or long throw depending on where you moved the adjustments i know this because i had one at one point i had a vintage one and, of course, you could also adjust the tension, how hard you had to push down on it. And that was a big deal. So all of a sudden, the guitar didn't have to have this extra shell on it, and it was all in the guitar. Uh, so who were some famous guys that used Evans benders? Well, the most famous would be Bernie Ledin. Uh, you know, playing you know with the Eagles, peaceful, easy feeling, you know, all those... Eagle's tracks with a bender was a, an Evans pull string that he had put in one of his Telecasters. Now, what Evans tended to do was not put them in your Telecaster, but he would actually sell bodies that already had the bender in it. And then you would put your own pickup and neck on it and hardware. So I mean, literally it was, and they were butcher block. So they're very identifiable. So this is what you see Albert Lee using in the, in the 70s. Uh, He's, you know, you see him with this butcher block body and it's in the video for Sweet Little Lisa where he's actually in the studio with Dave Edmonds and Huey Lewis and and that's what it is. It's a Dave Evans butcher block body with an Evans pull string on it. Also, Al Perkins uh, used one a lot. And if you wanna see that in action, you can look at my True Tone Lounge interview with Al Perkins where he pulls that original guitar out and plays it. Uh, Let's see, Skunk Baxter had one. Uh, number cats had these uh, butcher block pull strings and I had one for a while and uh, I enjoyed it but uh, I didn't like the butcher block body it was kind of heavy and it was kind of bright and so I ended up uh, giving it to a friend and then that friend actually uh, loaned it to Dave Evans so that Dave Evans could uh, start making benders again a number of years ago and so Dave Evans had lost all of his blueprints and everything, so he used this guitar that I had found, and he, uh, he was able to reverse engineer and make benders again for a while. So that's a story on that. So then after Evans, of course, then you get Gene Parsons actually making benders, and his mechanism was similar to the Evans, uh, which, of course, he had every right to because he was giving Evans permission to do benders in the first place. Then, kind of the next kind of leap forward is Joe Glazer. So while Joe Glazer was living out in California and playing pedal steel guitar in bands, uh, he kind of got under the spell of B-benders and he liked Clarence White and Bob Warford's playing. And so he hadn't seen their guitars, he just heard them. But he knew from playing pedal steel that they had some kind of mechanism so he designed his own mechanism that had nothing to do with the, uh, the Parsons Wide or the Evans Pull String. And it, this is what I'm using today, this is a little steel guitar finger. And by doing this, you know, there's no, there's no big plate on the back. You know, the, uh, the routing underneath here is about the size of my pinky and then you have another route take this off too that's going from uh, this end of the guitar to the other end and you have a little bit of routing underneath the neck plate so this is the adjustment for tuning right here this little black knob thing and um, so that way when you pull it it you know has the stop is in the right place so that when you bend when you push down it's in tune and then on this end there's a uh, adjustment for the tension about how hard you have to push down. So to me, as much as I respect and I've owned Parsons White and and Evans pull strings and all those all those guys and I respect them and love them, but I like this design because it uh, it just it preserves the integrity of the instrument. There's just something lost when you remove, you know, you know, 15 percent or more. Twenty percent of the wood out of the body of a guitar, so there's just something that's lost. So, I like this Bender, and uh, you know, I've had this one since the mid '90s. And uh, Joe has a new mechanism uh, that's uh, I'm hoping to check out at one point. I might have put on one of my other Tellies, but uh, yeah. So that's kind of the uh, the history, and uh, the, of course, the Glazer mechanism is what you see. Uh, Ricky Skaggs using and Steve Warner, you know, in the 80s. Uh, of course, Reggie Young had a double bender on his '69 Tele Custom, but didn't really use the benders very much. Uh, let's see who else. Jeff King had a uh, had one of the first single G benders. Uh, Diamond Rio's uh, Jimmy Olander had, of course, a double Glazer bender. Uh, Brad Paisley, of course has used a bunch of the Glazer G-benders and also, of course, used McVeigh that are kind of similar to the, the Glazer mechanism. And uh, yeah, Brett Mason has a Glazer B-bender. So yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of the deal with that and uh, and they're fun. And uh, yeah, so then here's a couple, you know, kind of basic, you know, kind of bender licks and, and things you can do. Um, you know, of course you have this you know, kind of the most common, you know, bender move is this, you know, kind of A, you know, A add nine, or I guess it'd be an A add two, uh, where, just, uh, where you just, where you let the, the B bender pull up the, the B string a whole step to make a regular A chord like this. And you take it up. Then you have kind of like the quasi Ralph Mooney uh, kind of thing, where you, you, know, you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, where you bending up either to the sixth or the seventh, mm-hmm. or you have open string licks. Oh. The kind of Albert Lee, Ricky Skaggs type licks, like you have the. So heard a lot of that, uh, you know, like Sweet Little Lisa or on or uh, Skaggs on Live from London. Also taking like a ninth chord, like a D9. Mm. That's kind of a nice move. And then this other thing where you... um, uh, It's also... It's kind of like playing... It's kind of like playing that. So that's... My first finger is covering an A on the D string and and covering a a D on the G string. And then you've got my third finger playing a... uh, Playing a G on the B string and then a C on the high E string and you get this, this kind of thing. And if you go in between that ninth and this other shape, you can. That's a nice move. Um, you can get contrary bend, a contrary motion bends where you can start with the B bender activated, and then you can, Lower it while you raise the G string, and you get this kind of thing. That's fun. Um, you can take deep, you know, deep-shaped D chord. That's nice. Uh, taking of course this is related. You know, a C-shaped. You, know, you can. Uh, If you hammer on your pinky onto this F note on the D string, you can kind of give, you can kind of go in between a, a C and an F, you know, an F add two or add nine, whatever, whatever we want to call that. And that sounds real nice if you add a little tremolo to it. So, those are some kind of basic uh bender licks to kind of get you started and uh yeah. It's just fun to to mess around with one and figure out ways to to use it. Uh you just kind of have to think flat on the uh, on the B string and th- and make sure that the note that it's going to bend up to is something that sounds good. So, uh, you know, well, let's say you just took like an A chord like this and you bend it up. Well, you're going to get a uh, you know you're going to get this E flat note in here, which is you know a flat five. You might not want to do that unless you're wanting to create tension. So, so there's some uh, you know there's some history, kind of some uh, some. Missing chapters in the B Bender story, uh, specifically with Dean Porter and uh, uh, and especially with uh, Dave Evans and the Pull String uh, and a few licks. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you for watching another Ask Zach, and I'll see you next time. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.